seated. All right, are you guys ready to get into the word here? Awesome. All right, here we go. So let me just open up in prayer. I'll share a little bit about um, myself just to introduce myself. Um, And it is an honor to be here. So can we just give it up for your pastors, Pastor Gabriel and the pastoral team? And um, this is an awesome church, man. Worship was awesome. God's presence is here. I'm not just saying that. Um, I was just a genuine presence of God. I was in there in the prayer room before service. And I'm like, man, I'll just hang out back here and pray with these folks. I'll be all right. And so I, I really mean that. Like, this, there's something special here. There really is. And when you, when you got a house like this, man, get, jump in there, get plugged in. Um, my life was changed by Jesus as a teenager. I didn't grow up in church. And once I found my church, man, I have been married to the local church ever since. I mean, I would not be here if it wasn't for pastors, a church, elders keeping me in line. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> like, anybody need to help me kept in line? Am I the only one? Yeah, thank you. All right, so like just having community, people that would, would help me, Right? We're, 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 we're patient with me, right? I would not be here if it was not for the local church, local community, and elders and pastors, and, and a, a place that I have actually called home. I have, ever since I got saved, man, I have always been in a local church, even in transition. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I need to find me a house, right? I'm not trying to be some Christian over here watching TV. Somebody say amen, right? Praise God for the television, but I need real people in my business. I don't know about you, but I know me. I know where I come from. I'll share a little bit about that. But without God, I need God's people. And, and so I just want to encourage you. This is special. This is awesome. Um, and, and, and you guys just, just own this thing. Gra- grab a hold of this and be a part of it and support. Can I get an amen out there? And so... Um, let me, let me just pray here, and, and, and we'll, we'll jump into the Word. I just, I just want to share a little bit. and I know the series you're in first, uh, and, so, and so the message today, I, I feel like God spoke to me just to encourage you in this, so it's in line with the series you're in, and so uh, we'll jump into that in just a second, but let me pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, I pray that the Christ in me would speak to the Christ in them. And that we would have fellowship at your table. God, let, let this not be anything other than Christ. That the person of Christ, by way of the Holy Spirit, would be present and speak. And Lord, we thank you for your holy word. Let, let it be planted. As your word says, it is the engrafted word that is able to save our soul. So God, we don't need anything else other than the planting of the divine seed. So we thank you that that would happen in this moment tonight in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to jump in here to some scriptures, but just to give a little background context here, just so you can, um, maybe we can connect here just for a moment is, uh, my, my wife and I, we pastor in Boyle Heights. Some of you had come to one of the services we had it was an honor to have you there on a Friday night. My, I've been pastoring in L.A. Uh, since 2012, um, but pastoring the church we are, my wife and I, we've been pastoring it 
in, since January 19th, 2020. We stepped out in faith. Um, I was serving in a church, this particular church, for 11 years as a pastor, and that pastor gave me the L.A. location. Came into my office and said, I feel like God is telling me to give you the campus you're pastoring. And, you know, and so he said, um, just pray about it. But he, he's like, I feel like God's telling me to just give it to you. Everything, take it. And then I, he was like, no rush. And I was like, all right. So when, do you, when would you like me to get back to you? He said, well, just pray about it. Let me know by next week. So, so uh, no rush to him, I guess. I don't know. No, but um, so that's kind of what we're doing. We're pastoring Hopeland Church in Boyle Heights. Um, and uh, I have three small children. Um, I have a three-year-old, Luciano. Um, an eight-year-old, Dominico, and a 10-year-old, my princess, Giovanna. And so we have three small children. They all have Italian names. I'm half Italian. My dad's name was Guido. My grandfather's name was Guido. So I'm like, I got to give all these kids Italian names. They're half black, so they're half black with Italian names. I know it's kind of a trip. <laughs> like, okay. But there it is. All right. So, uh, so that's kind of, that, that is our family. We live not too far from here. We live in Alhambra. And so here we go. Um, first, all right, um, and I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of my story. Whenever I'm in an environment like this, I always feel a tug of the Holy Spirit to share where I come from because it, every, everybody's story is, is a supernatural thing. Um, I don't care if you grew up in church or didn't grow up in church. If you've encountered Jesus, Supernatural. Like you're changed, you're different. And I want to share a little bit of what Jesus did for me as a teenager um, as we get into this. But I, I don't want to discourage you with this first point. I hope it, but I, I, it might, I, not that it would discourage you, but it might be very interesting considering this, the, the sermon series. But I, I'm going to share some scriptures. But when, when it comes to first, um, my first point is this, and I'm going to read a couple of verses here, but I want to put the point up here is suffering is first. Uh, suffering is first, and I'm going to talk about this. Um, and, and I know sometimes we talk about first, we're talking about what we put first, and I'm going to talk about some of those things. But in the kingdom of God, when you are walking with God, when you are obedient to God, when you are on a journey in Christ, suffering is requisite to spiritual growth. It is part of the journey. You cannot pray it away. You cannot prophesy it away. Actually, the more you pray and prophesy, it will come. Don't pray for suffering. You don't need to. Somebody say amen. <laughs> don't, you know, and, and so I know that suffering can take all different types, all different forms. But I want to, I'm, I'm encouraging. Why? Because it is the reality of the Christian life. It is a reality of human existence. That, uh, but, but in the kingdom of God, it is first. And so if it is first, that means something else is coming. It's not, that it, it's not that it just must happen. It must happen first because there's something coming in God, in the economy of God, in the, in the uh, divine, our journey with the eternal, omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing, ever-present, omnipotent, all-powerful God that always was, is, always will be. When we come into contact with him, 
Suffering is redemptive. Always. It's just first. It's first. And if it's first, that means there's a second coming. There's a third. There's a fourth. So let's look at this. Here we I'm just going to read a couple verses here. Um, here we go. Okay, you got up there. Cool. So Luke chapter 17, verse 25. I'm going to read this. It says, but in, in Jesus speaking of God's eternal plan, Luke 17, verse 25, God's eternal plan, redemption, salvation, the Holy Spirit coming, the end of days, heaven itself. It says here, but first he must suffer. So salvation does not exist if Jesus didn't suffer. He, he had to. God himself had to put on human flesh. He had to. It was what would and must happen first. But first he, speaking of Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. All right? So, so Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and verse 4. Let me read this. Here it is. Romans 5, verse 3 and verse 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Somebody say trouble. trouble. Say put whatever you want to call it. Trouble, trial, wilderness experience. I don't know. What other words do we call this? You know what I'm saying? Valley, right? Going through the valley. Anybody ever walking with Jesus and you're like, I am in the valley. Can I get out of the valley, please? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I, I mean, can I get through this? Come on, anybody with me? God, where are you? Right? I didn't give up all that stuff in the world to just live in this. <laughs> Has anybody been there? Yes, I love Jesus, but I don't love this. <laughs> right? Like, what, what are you trying? You know, I've had emotions, feelings at times. God, are you trying to kill me? Anybody been there? And not only that, okay, but we also glory in tribulation. We glory in it because of Christ. We can glory in tribulation, trial, trouble, tr wilderness, valley, uh, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, trials and tribulations. But here we go. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Why? Why? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Suffering is first. Perseverance is second. All right? And perseverance, character, character is third. All right? And character, hope. We don't know what hope is until we suffer. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. We got to be the type of Christians that we just, you know, we can take a licking and keep on ticking. That's why it's good to have some old saints around you because they've been through it and they still love God. Like they've been through it and they actually still want to be in church and a part of church and serve in church, right? You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so suffering in our journey with God is first, but because it's first. So on the road of obedience, suffering is always the beginning of something greater, always because God is with us, right? I'm just reading from my notes here. On the road of obedience, suffering is fertile soil by which fruit is produced. Right? Nothing can be produced in our life if we don't go through anything. This is the point. We don't live there, but we go through there. Right? We, 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 when it comes to going through things, this is part of the process. It is requisite. We don't stop there. We don't pitch a tent there. We don't build our theology around the drama and the trauma, but we actually must and go through there. Right. This this is how God works. All right. It's it, this is part of 
their journey. Suffering is a, if you look at this scripture alone, it is a foundation piece by which God builds and develops, develops us spiritually. And I say this to my community all the time. It is not enough for me to just tell you that God loves you and that who you are in him. I must provide the necessary process of what maturity requires. And this is part of maturity. God has, is committed to your spiritual development so much so that when you walk through things, I'm telling you, God is doing something in you. If, you. if you've been rejected, we must see that God is doing something behind that, in that, through that. That in God, if you're being rejected, I really believe God is actually restoring. Like the old preachers will say, you know, God's working in the background. Right. If you if you've made a mistake, this part of the journey and God is maturing, it's not over. Your mistakes are not the end. They are a part of the process. If you aren't making any mistakes, I'm, I, I fear for the condition of your maturity because you cannot grow without making mistakes. I have an eight. I just told you I have a three year old, an eight year old and a 10 year old. All kind of mistakes all day, every day, all throughout the day. <laughs> Homework mistakes, math mistakes. Come on, somebody. You know, all kind of mistakes, you know what I mean? Breaking up fights, you know what I'm saying? Like all kind of stuff happening with kids that's, you know, but, 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 if, but if, we, if we aren't stepping out, you don't beat yourself up because you stepped out. You're maturing. Don't beat yourself up because you made a mistake. Keep making them. Make them often. Make them fast and change. Repent. Get it right. We'll do, make the adjustment. But if you've made a mistake, praise the Lord. You actually tried something. You stepped out. Well, man, I shouldn't have done it because I messed up. No, you tried it. You're learning. Keep trying it. I come from a skateboard background. I was a skateboarder, right? I still am a skateboarder, right? I'm like the old guy at the skate park cruising around with, some, with the gray beard, right? So I don't care. I'm just, I want to have fun too. Somebody say amen. So I'm a, I'm a you know, but, but, but you can't do, you can't do what I did and not make mistakes. I was falling all the time. I still fall. I get sore. I'm sore for three days, just cruising around now. It takes, I get sore. So, you know, but the point is this, is that I want to encourage you in, in what you're called to do. Encourage you as a community. Encourage you as an individual that your mistakes don't disqualify you. Keep stepping out. If you made a mistake, I'm telling you, God is maturing. All right? If, if, if you're under pressure... God is getting ready to reveal a promise. It's how God works. Just last Saturday, not this past Saturday, last Saturday, our church was broken into with a crowbar at 11.30 in the morning on a Saturday. We are on a main street. They crowbarred into our building, stole of our, our iPads, our in-ear monitors, our skateboards off the wall. That was probably the main thing I was upset about. Man, they snatched up these skateboards, right? Like so, so we just have them as part of our guitar, our um, decor in there. Stole everything like that they could grab, right? And 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 um, you know, and that was just you know the violating feeling. Like man, you know, people broke up into a church and stealing things, and um, you know, we had to have church the next day. Right, and um, you know, getting fingerprints and filing insurance claims, and but the Sunday after that was the most powerful 
Holy Ghost-filled Sunday we've had in a long time. Hey, I'll take God's presence over an iPad any day. Come on. So, and so, and even, even, even today in our service, our work, like it was just something new happening. Now, I'm not saying God caused it. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't have some weird twisted theology, but what am I saying? That, that what the devil meant for evil, God will turn for good. And that Romans 8, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Suffering is first, but I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, something is going on in God's heart for you when you're in a moment when you don't feel God at all. This is how God works. Let's look at this here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. Speaking of kind of resisting the devil here, look at let's look at this verse. First Peter chapter five, verse nine to eleven. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Sufferings, New Testament, Christians. He's talking to the church. Peter, early church leader, talking to the church. This he wrote this at the end of his life. He's about to go, and he's like, "Hey, don't trip because you're suffering." Look at your neighbor right now. Tell him, "Don't trip. Don't trip." Because this is part of the Christian journey. It's not all the time. It shouldn't be our entire, um, uh, it's, not, it's not all of what our, our journey is, but it is on our journey. It is on our journey. And, I, and whatever that looks like for you and however you had to experience it, I am telling you that suffering does not take God by surprise. He knows what he's doing, and he is doing something in you through it. All right. And it says here, experienced by your brotherhood in the world, verse 10. But, you know, and, and it also says in another verse, you know, think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you. It's not strange. It's a part of your journey. And I want to encourage you that it is simply first. It's first. Perseverance is coming. Character is coming. Hope is coming. All right? Verse 10, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Look at this. After you've suffered. Say it when we say suffering is first. <laughs> All right? You got to stick around long enough to reap the, the rewards. Don't let suffering take you out. The devil wants suffering to take you out of God's house. The devil wants, you, wants to use suffering of some sort to take you out of the word of God. You need to learn how to stick around. You got to be foolish enough to stick around. You, you, know, every, you know, I've heard it said before this way, everybody's a fool for somebody. Be a fool for Jesus. Be, a, be fool enough to show up to church when you're a mess. I'm still here because I kept showing up when I was a mess. Somebody say Amen. And I don't, I'm not even saying I have it all together, but, I, but I'm here because I just, I just, I just drag myself to church. I, I, I just, I'll limp. I, I'll crawl. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get in the will of God. You know what I'm saying? We, we, some, somebody say, suffering's first. Suffering's first. Say, after you've suffered a while. <laughs> I didn't say you to say it, but I appreciate this. This is good. Like, you're helping me out. Help me out, Okay. A while. Some ever feel like, but Lord, it's too long. I want something that's too long. It's taking too long. 
<laughs> Anybody been there? It's taking too long. All right, I'm sure there's people in your life too, man. They're waiting on your breakthrough. They're like, yeah, it's taking too long. Your spouse is praying for you because they know you, and they're like, yeah, it's taking too long. There'll be times after I'm done preaching, I can be so discouraged at times after I'm done preaching. I get in the car, my wife's like, you're going to be like this all day. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm going through my process. <laughs> She's like, oh, Lord, you're going to be like this all day? I was like, leave the man of God alone. <laughs> Come on now. After you suffered a while. All right. What is going to happen? What's he going to do? Perfect. It's a it's Greek word, mature. Teleos. It's going to stretch your capacity. There's more in you than you realize. And many times suffering is what's required for what is the greatness in you to come out. Suffering in the kingdom of God is an environment to excite the gift of God inside of you. It's going to stir the things of God inside of you. It is, it is soil. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, the environment of the soil is, is violent. It destroys the, the shell of that seed. It destroys it. It kills it. Right? It, 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 it must. He's speaking, he's speaking of himself. He says, unless a grain, Jesus, in the book of John, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Death was first. Um, naturally speaking, I've said this to my community many times. We have some folks here from Hopeland, so sorry, guys, if you feel like I'm repeating myself and you've heard it a million times. Well, actually, I don't apologize because we're preaching to uh, New Wave LA today anyway. So, But, but uh, you know, naturally speaking, we, we, we live first, then we die. Spiritually speaking, we die first, then we live. We must die first. I, I say this to marriage couples in my community. The, the, the most um, successful Marriages are made up of two people that have decided to die. It's got to be two dead people, right? You got two people trying to live. That selfish nature going to live. That, that marriage ain't going to work. You got to die first if you want your marriage to live. Somebody say amen. Two got to die to make them one marriage work. <laughs> so lay that, lay that old man to rest. Come on now. Keep him in the grave. All right. So, so after you suffered a while, perfect perfect look at all this good stuff that comes after suffering a while perfect establish strengthen and settle you what does that tell us that perfecting and being established look at this this is like this is strong language around being a solid stable believer walking with god look at this language perfect establish strengthen and settle you. What does that tell us? Prior to the suffering for a while, we are in want of some of these things. But because of the suffering and mixed with our obedience to God, our willingness to obey him, our willingness to stay in the will of God when it's not easy, I am telling you it's going to produce a far weightier weight of glory in your life. Every time it's how God works. It's how he works. All right, verse 11, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. If, if suffering is first, that means there's something that always follows. In the kingdom of God, suffering is never the end. Ever. Even if we even look at our existence in the earth, this human experience is suffering 
compared to heaven. But heaven is coming. Hallelujah. All right, so a lot of things, you know, out in this world, they're, they're different now. But some things should never change. Um, you know, the, the, uh, we live in, in, in a different world than three years ago. I mean, the, the economy, the international relations, L.A. County itself, the state of people. We just had a mass shooting right down the street in Monterey Park. Ten people killed. It might be more by now. That, but, and then ten others, I think, in the hospital. And then right down the street from there, there was a potential other shooting associated with it. The same, the, like not too much long after that. Uh, our, they're, 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 this is a different world. And, and, and I, I think too, the, what the, the world that we are witnessing is telling us is, is that this worldly system is not as good as we thought it was. And I'm here to tell you right now that in the midst of this, I believe this is a pastoral and event, evangelistic opportunity for the church that we've never had. Because how many people, all the more, the reality of life, the instability of society, how much more do they need Jesus? Right? There is hope even in the midst of this craziness. All right? And so here's my next point, and I'm almost done, is be a worshiper first. Be a worshiper first. All right? I'm even going to say this. Don't be a servant first. Don't be a churchgoer first, right? Be a lover of God first. And those other things are great and they're part, but that, th those other things are, are a secondary consequence of, for, and I don't just mean somebody that likes to sing songs and listen to Maverick City in the car. That, that's not what I'm, that's not exactly, you know what I'm saying? That's good, okay, do your thing, listen to, you know, whatever the cool music is right now, okay? That's cool, whatever helps you out, you know, whatever kind of speaks to you. But, but what I am talking about is, is a, it's just a, a genuine, simple, like, love for God, period. That's it. I'm here to worship. Why? Because everything else is changing. Everything else is shifting. Nothing else is stable. I'm here to worship. Okay? I'm here to worship. That's why I'm here. Right? And so 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. Somebody say Worship. When Job lost everything, what's the, thing, what's the first thing he did? He ripped his clothes, sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes, which is like repentance and brokenness. But what did he do? The Bible says when he lost everything, it says he worshiped. Even everything in his world was gone. He still worshiped. He worshiped. And his brokenness, worship isn't for when you're happy, feeling good. Got a raise. You know, like, hey, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, right? Like, like God is not worthy when we're feeling good. I mean, he is, but he's not just worthy when somebody treats you right. Like, what about when people don't treat you right? What about when you meet church people and they get on your nerves and you want to slap them, but you can't because you're in church? What, and not that I've ever, because I'm a pastor, I've never, you know, I'm talking about y'all, okay? No. <laughs> But, you know, like, you know, I, I'm here to worship. Be a worshiper first. Here, let's look at this verse. Mark chapter 12, 
Verse 30, here it is. And you shall love the Lord your God. This is it. It's not about what I do. My life isn't that I'm a pastor. I'm a worshiper first. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And I'm a pastor, but I'm a worshiper. My life, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Worship. One of the main books in the scripture concerning worship is Psalms. And Psalms is full of a bunch of emotional ups and downs. But it always ends with worship. So worship isn't about being a good, cute, nice, perfect little church person. It's, it's, It's that I come to God where I am, how I am, no matter what, and I choose to worship. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. What is this? Worship. Jesus is quoting Old Testament. Worship. Deuteronomy. That's it. All right. We are in danger. Can I say this? Can I challenge us a little bit today? Tonight. We're in danger of idolatry when we allow anything to keep us from loving God first. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter who it is. I I know the emotion. I know the sting of situations in life. But I'm telling you, church, be a worshiper. It's it's, It's how God is going to keep us. It doesn't anything... Being a pastor isn't about a platform. It's not about any of that. It's not about any of that. It's about worship. That he is God and nobody else is. Worship. All right? Anything could be other people, church people. Somebody say amen. Situations, politics, economy, social upheaval, anything, anything, all of that. I'm not even saying that these things don't have their place, but they have their place and they are not first. Political ideologies, Republican, Democrat, wherever you fall on the spectrum, we are worshipers first. Come on now. Many times, too, our own struggles and weaknesses, whether we realize it or not, we're in danger of idolatry when we allow those to take precedence in our life instead of worship. Sometimes the best thing you could do when you're struggling the most is worship you, God. I don't deserve to do this. You never do. I don't care how long you fasted at the beginning of the year, you know, like... I mean, we just came off a 14-day day fast, so I'm the most spiritual one here anyway. No. Like, it don't matter how much you fast, how much you did it. And I know some of y'all, you did the Daniel fast, but you know you like, you had some eggs or something. You like, you mix that. Come on. I feel that in the spirit right over here. <laughs> some of y'all, you know, you put some, you put some sugar in that, you know. You, know? <laughs> you put some tahini on the fruit, right? 
Tahine part of the Daniel fast. <laughs> right? But, but even our own humanity, if we're not careful, it becomes about us. And, oh, yeah, I'm really dealing with this. And I got this issue. And I got that. Okay. So do all of us. Let's worship in the midst of my own condition. Paul said, I have wars within and wars without. Right? I, he's like, man, I tried to get this thorn in my side. I asked God three times. And he said, my grace is sufficient. Stop looking at the thorn. Worship. Right? How about in the Old Testament when those vipers were biting them? And, and, he, and he took the, that, 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 that they, they wrapped the snake around that pole and lifted it up and said, look at that. What is that? That's representative of Christ. Look at the cursed one. He was cursed on the tree. And when we look at him, the vipers will leave. When we worship, the demons have to go. All right? Just as Moses lifted up, so the Son of Man would be lifted up. It's, 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 it's representation of worship. And that many times we're so focused on our stuff, the, what we're dealing with. And I'm not saying that's not a reality. I'm not saying we don't need to talk to somebody about it and have that kind of true connection with other people. And I'm going through this. And this is what I'm doing. I'm not taking away from that. But when you're done with that worship... Get back to worship because this is not about you or me. It's about him. We're here to worship. Sometimes I've had the most powerful encounters with God in my mess. Oh, Lord, I just want to love you. When we went, um, that, that, that's last Sunday, uh, I mean, after our church got it was just like, man, I just wanted to just cry. I'm here to worship. You can take all, you know, you could break in. Uh, like, I'm not trying, you know what I'm saying? We're trying, we can get better security, you know what I mean? We're going to tighten some things up, right? But, but, but yeah, I'm here to worship. Sorry if I'm being a little too loud for y'all. All right, here we go. We're almost done. Hallelujah. What's that song? <laughs> Man, that's like that's not like that's like on Caleb, huh? That or like Air Air One or something, right? What is that? Like who is that? Is that Jars of Clay? No? Who is that? Come on, y'all, don't look at me like you don't know that song. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're we're in danger of idolatry when we allow anything to keep us from from loving God first. Right? Revelations two four. Here we go. Man, I, I'm I'm not gonna go over time. I promise, Pastor Gabriel. Okay, it, well, I'm not going to go over time. Revelation 2.4, here it is. Look at this verse. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Somebody say worship. <laughs> Came to worship. All right, you have to, look at, I, I said this, but I'm going to read it from my notes. But you, you have to learn to worship God while you're in your mess. Why? Because there's going to be moments you're going to be in a mess of some sort. I don't, you know. And, 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 and that should not extract God's worthiness. You have to learn to worship God while in your midst. And, and sometimes I think we, we lose sight of worship in our successes too. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. This thing is not about success. And kingdom success does not always equate to, or I should say, yeah, kingdom success does not always equate to what we would say though, as the world deems as successful. 
and sometimes worldly success. I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to succeed. I think I believe He does, but 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 outcomes, quantifiable outcomes, is not what this journey's about. It's about worship, and God will bless us. If you even look in the Scripture, I heard one Orthodox bishop say it this way. He said that worship is acquisition. And meaning that if we worship and focus on God, he will see to it that our needs are met and we're provided for and that we will find ourselves fulfilling all that God has put inside of us. But worship is first. All right. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, don't get it twisted. Worship is first. Here we go. This is my last point. Here it is. Uh, Put other people first. Put other people first. Even when they're difficult. (laughs) <laughs> when they're difficult, just pray, help me, Jesus, because I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> help me, Jesus. Mark 12, 31. And the second, somebody say second. Say this with me. Say first is worship. Second is people. Not outcomes but people. Pastoring is about people. And people need pastors. And second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It's one and two. If you get one and two right, everything else will fall into place. Tell you, in my own immediate family, I come from a very broken family. And I'll just be honest with you, my biological family, is I still have to navigate and I'm learning how to love them. It's just, a, I, I didn't grow up in church. I was, I'll just share this, um, but put other people first. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, like church has been my family since I was a teenager. Like that is my family. I don't... My wife comes from a totally different environment. She's a pastor's kid, and she still loves Jesus. That's a miracle in itself. Gabriel's a walking miracle, folks. He's actually, he was a pastor's kid, and he's actually pastoring. God's grace is on his life. (laughs) For real. You think it's tough growing up out there in the world, man. Try growing up in church and coming out loving God. Like, that's, that's the hard knock life. Right? Am I right, Gabriel? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm still working on it. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just being obedient. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have my moments too. But, um, but my family, you know, I didn't grow up in a, uh, a Christian home. So even to this day, my, my wife has had to help me. Hey, you need to call this person. You need to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Um. I was, I was molested as a very young age by my stepfather. My, my sister, my brother, they, I was, he was rolling me joints when I was six and uh, giving me beer when I was six. So this is my, me, my brother. I'm my, my brother's caretaker now. He had a drug episode as we were teenagers, and my father took care of him, but my older brother, and those here know my brother Zari. He lives with us, and... Just had a, he just had a psychological overdose. Uh, we grew up just partying and stuff, and he just came back one night. And this was after I got saved, and he just lost his mind. So we're, he's with us. And um, 
He's fine. It's just, he's, you know, he needs, he just needs people around. Like he needs, in a sense, not physically to be taken care of, but psychologically just, you know. Um, but that, that's the environment I grew up in. Uh, so um, as, you know, as, as a child, I grew up and there was, uh, even when I moved out of this one environment, I'm just going to share this and we'll pray. And I want to, I feel really, I want to pray for some people here tonight. But um, a lot of cops over my house as a kid, like coming over, uh, court cases. Um, and I held this in. I remember my sister came forward when she was five. Says, my, you know, she told it, this would happen. I was like seven when she said it. My biological father was a good, was a good man. I mean, he asked me, did he do this to you too? And I denied it. I did not even share the truth of what happened to me as a child to anybody until I got saved. Because there was so much shame, I just was like, I ain't saying nothing. I don't want to, you know, it's like, I'm going to keep it. So, you know, I just dealt with a lot of rage. I just bottled in. So um, I ended up going, I'm just going to share how I got saved here quickly and then I'll pray. But I um, uh, grew up skateboarding and there was a church that had, it was a, kind of a room like this, but they had a skateboard ramp inside the church. So me and my friends would go there to skate, but we had to go to a Bible study before they would let us skate. We were unchurched kids, so we smoked weed in the parking lot um, because I'm not about to go inside a church without get, being high because I'm like, these people are kind of weird. And they, they smile too much. Can anybody say, you ever get to church the first time and you're like, okay, this, I mean, like, yeah, I, it's kind of cool, but these people are a little weird. Can I, can I get a witness to anybody? Yeah. Anybody still think they are a little weird? That's okay. Like, you know, <laughs> all of you that say no, you're one of them. You are one of the weird ones, right? No, but they just, for real, like I didn't come from that. I, I was, I mean, my, I was, I was dealing, I had some demons, okay? So these people were weird to me. I was the weird one, but that is, I, I was going, like me and my friends, I, I won't share it in all, I'm just, um, long story short, so I was going there. I, I'm hearing the gospel. Jesus, you know, will save you. And so I'm. It, this is about a year later. It took me a while to really come to that moment and salvation. And I'm in my room. I'm. A, I'm just starting my senior year in high school. And I couldn't go to sleep this night. This particular night, could not sleep. It was like because I was going to that church. So I was kind of learning about the gospel that I could be forgiven and salvation. And I knew enough. And that night, it was like God was like, I'm not going to let you sleep until you choose right now. Like, and it wasn't audible, you know what I mean? But that's what it was. I could not sleep. And, you know, people talk about, like, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Like, that's not, he wasn't a gentleman that night. Okay, he's like, he was, like, not letting me sleep. And, um, I, and I, I was accountable for the truth I knew right there, right? Like that was the moment. And here's, here was my prayer. Okay, God, I will, this is literally right. I will be a Christian. I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to go preaching to everybody, but I will be a Christian if you wash away the shame and pain of my childhood, because that was vexing. 
It was tormenting, and it was coming to a point where I did not know what I was going to do. I was scared of myself because the wages of sin is death, and the sin done to me and the sin I committed was eating me alive internally. And I said, okay, Jesus, here's, I surrender. Save me. And I was 17 years old, just about to turn 18. It was, and in that moment, the, the peace of God filled my room. And I, and I went to sleep. And from that point, I have never been the same. And it's not that, I, I'm not saying that to my credit. I'm just saying that was that moment. But even, here it is, even in my journey, here I am, a grown man. I'm still walking through a process of how do I love the people of my family the way that God desires. And I'm telling you, I am not entirely there. Like, you know, like I, I'm, not, I'm not bitter towards them. I'm not hateful towards them. But I really feel like God's doing a work in me that I can do better. Is anybody else with me? All right, I want to pray for some people here. If we could just stand up. Anybody in, in, the, in light of this message today, if this has spoken to you in any way, if you don't mind just coming up to the front here, to the altar, and I want to pray for you. And just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, just lift your hands. Father, we just thank you for your healing presence, your healing power, God. Touch us, God. Heal us. God, we want to be worshipers first. God, we want, we want to love people. Lord, make us worshipers. Like, Lord, we don't want to be anything else. There's other things. They're, 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 they, they have their place, and, and then they're part of your plan. But God, make us worshipers. That, that our life would be that that would give you glory. That, that our life, God, not, not just our words, not, not just our, not just what we say, not, not just our, our church invite, but our life. Lord, I pray that our life would exude the quality of the kingdom, that our life would exude 